Bites Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Monday to Thursdays, 10 p.m. It is 11 minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for being on the show with us this evening. It is the Monday edition of Night Talk. Uh, yeah, the Minister of Electricity finally has powers. And it's important that we're able to determine what those powers are and how we would be able to use the powers that he has, how we would be able to use it to overcome the electricity crisis. Are any of these powers brand new powers? Doesn't seem like it. They're all powers that have been enshrined in the Constitution, previously bestowed statutorily so upon the Minister of Minerals and Energies, and uh, some of it has now been transferred to the Minister of Electricity. Vali Pariachi, former Executive Manager at ESCOM, joins us. Vali, good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening, Oliver, and a very good evening uh, to your listeners as well, and, and thank you very much for inviting me to Night Talk. Yeah, let's start here. It took uh, an inordinate amount of time for the president to bestow uh, statutory powers upon the Minister of uh, Electricity, given that it's not brand new powers that had to be going created uh, in a lawmaking process. It's powers that were merely transferred from one department to the other. Uh, do, do you have any insight into why it would have taken so long? Was it all political? Did Gwede Mantashe resist and finally cave in? Well, I love, um, I obviously don't have the insights as to what happened, but I can only surmise that there were some tough negotiations, uh, I, I would guess, between the Minister of uh, DMRE in the main and and probably uh, the Minister of Public Enterprises. Uh, but I would say in the main there would, there would have been some tough negotiations yeah. with the DMRE minister. And, uh, and I think that's why it took long uh, well, it took two months, eh, almost, for the powers to be uh, at last given to the Minister of Electricity. Yeah. So here are some of the powers that were bestowed upon uh, the Minister of Electricity. The Minister may, one, by the way, the Minister may, in consultation with the regulator, A, determine the new generation capacity that is needed to ensure the continued uninterrupted supply of electricity. B, determine the types of energy sources from which electricity must be generated and the percentages of electricity that must be generated from such sources. C, determine that electricity thus produced may only be sold to the persons or in a manner set out in such a in such notice. D, determine that electricity, uh, E, by my apologies, deter, uh, require that new electricity capacity must be established through a tender procure uh, procedure which is fair, equitable and transparent competitive and cost-effective, and uh, finally, provide for private sector participation. So, uh, Vali, let's start backwards there. It means that uh, bit window 6, bit window 7, and, 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 and any other bit windows going forward pertaining to renewable energy will no longer be going through the office of Gwede Mantashe, will now be going through the office of the Minister of Electricity, Minister Ramakopa. Uh, is, is that a significant change? <laughs> Well, uh, Oliver, it's it's uh, it's not totally going to the office of uh, of Mr. Ramakopa, and and let me tell you why. Uh, unless further clarification is provided, uh, and although the minister has been given those powers, uh, there's still 
some uh, what's the word uh, blurredness in terms of his roles and uh, uh, responsibilities. And let me tell you why. I mean, uh, I've actually studied this over the weekend, and I actually did a presentation this morning, and I made some notes. And let me tell you why. Uh, why I feel that uh, there's some clarification required, and it's not exactly what uh, what you're saying. Uh, for me and and some of my other colleagues, uh, learned colleagues. It is not clear whether the Minister of Electricity has been given the powers for uh, for developing policy as well as for implementation. That's the first one. Point two, it appears as if the Minister of Electricity effectively can only execute Section 34.1, as you say, and actually not do anything necessary or incidental with respect to Section 34.2 as per the exclusions in, in terms of that proclamation. And then uh, point three, and this is also important, it kind of alludes to what you're saying, it also appears that the Minister of Electricity can issue determinations. Now, if you know Section 34.1, it talks only about determinations, right? So you can issue determinations but the DMRE, where the minister seemingly still has or retains the legal powers for the procurement and regulations since the IPP office and NASA still falls under the jurisdiction of the DMRE. Right. So, and then I just want to finish up because I think it's important uh, to give you context. Again, it appears that the Minister of Electricity will have the opportunity, and this is as per 31B, uh, to predefine the electricity sources from a technology perspective, in other words, whether it's nuclear, coal, gas, etc., and the energy mix. So he's been given those powers. But again, it appears that the Minister of Electricity will update the IRP and do the public consultation. However, while the DMRE minister still retains the authority to develop the IRP from a policy perspective. And finally, one more point that needs clarification, Oliver, some serious clarification. It is also not clear going forward whether were the Section 34 ministerial deviations, I repeat, Section 34 ministerial deviations are supposed to be logged. Will it be logged by the Minister of Electricity or... What, what, what are the ministerial deviations? So, so, so what I'm saying is that... Uh, uh, we need clarification on all of those aspects. I, I did it. And, uh, yeah, in terms of the ministerial deviations, uh, is that uh, you would probably find some of the organs of state would uh, want to deviate from some of the uh, aspects of the law. Yeah. And, and they would motivate for that. Now, obviously, until now, that, that was logged with the DMRE minister and his team. Uh, it's not clear from the pronouncement will the Minister of Electricity have that. 
So, so you can see as to why I'm saying we need further clarification. Otherwise, uh, the roles and responsibilities of the new minister, albeit it's purely on determination, yeah. is still not clear. Yeah. So just just to recap an important part there, the Minister of Electricity only has powers pertaining to Section 34.2 of the Electricity Regulation Act. All the other powers of, 30, of Section 34 uh, still remain with the Minister of uh, DMRE. That is to say that NERSA, the regulator, is still uh, to be reporting to uh, and the minister of DMRE. That is to say, Kwena Mantashi remains the political principal of NERSA uh, as the regulator and not the minister of electricity uh, replacing that. The minister of electricity's engagement with NERSA is only insofar as consultation to determine generation capacity, and that's where it ends. Absolutely, Oliver. And in fact, uh, uh, I actually pulled out the uh, the actual proclamation. It's actually Proclamation 121 of 2023. And they, it says very clearly, that's why I say uh, the minister, the new minister, actually does not have any powers with respect to 34.2 because it says in the proclamation that uh, although it's got some powers of 34.2, but at the end of the proclamation, it says excluding powers and functions contained in section 34.2 A to E, and there's no other paragraphs beyond E. So, so it means in effect, he does not have powers, and, and those powers are mainly uh, necessary or incidental. I mean, uh, that's the lawyer's terminology. And, and that's why, just to repeat, in effect, uh, my interpretation and some of my colleagues is that uh, the, the new minister actually only has powers for 34.1, and that's only for determinations, the energy mix, and the choice of technologies. Yeah. Um, so so as, as it pertains, because um, the minister now has certain powers pertaining to 34.1, which then has no real bearing on the actual capacity being being increased. No, no, no. Uh, you would have that that power to determine um, the uh, uh, the capacity. Uh, in fact, let me take let me take a, st- a necessary step back, uh, Oliver. His um, role, the, the the new minister's role as was indicated by the president at Sona and thereafter, yeah. is to, is to uh, uh, execute the national electricity crisis plan, right? And to stop load sharing. Yeah. Okay, so, so in the main, he has those two parameters and, and, he has full, and he's completely in charge of the NIACOM structures and, uh, and he, uh, to work with ESCOM. Now, Given that his role is to is to work with the ESCOM board and the executive team to fix ESCOM generation, but his second main role is to get tons of electrons on the grid, new generation. That's about four thousand to six thousand megawatts. Now that's where 
Section 34.1 yeah. is in terms of new generation. But if, if you look at the proclamation, uh, you can make determinations because uh, that's the only way you can get new generations for organs of state, right? And that's where it seems to be ending because mm. but not having 34.2, it means that the DMRE, per the minister, once the determination has been made, and it seems that they still have they're in charge of the IPP office, they will execute the implementation of the determination. So they will come up with the contracting mechanisms, uh, the rules and regulations, all of that. Not, as I understand it, the Minister of Electricity. Because so so the Minister of Electricity yeah. will run the bid, but the contract will be signed with DMRE. Is that correct? Well, not even the bid. The my interpretation is that he will make the determination. In other words, uh, in consultation with NASA, he will issue a, a determina uh, determination. Let me give an example. For example, he could he could uh, ostensibly come back uh, and say, uh, based on my assessment and circumstances, etc., uh, I'm now issuing a determination for say 3,000 megawatts right. of gas. Right. That's that's where I think it ends. Uh, once he's done that proclamation, I mean that uh, determination. Then the DMRE, through the IPP office and other instruments, will now set process into place to implement that determination. So they will set the procurement mechanisms, uh, the tendering procedures, uh, get the contracts in place, deal with the uh, potential off-takers. Yeah. So, so what, cetera, then, cetera. what then does it mean in the President's proclamation where it reads that uh, the minister may, in consultation with the regulator, uh, determine that electricity thus produced must be purchased by the persons set out in such notice, require that generation capacity must, uh, I, be established through a tendering procedure, which is fair, equitable, transparent, and competitive, and cost-effective, and provide for the public sector participation. What then does that mean pertaining to the Minister of Electricity? Well, well, it, it, might have been, it means exactly what you said. So in his determination, he would, he would ensure, maybe he would state that the process has to be fair and all of that. Uh, but the execution of that, as I understand it, will be done by the DMRE through, for example, the IPP office. Is there, a specific, is there a specific statute in Section 34 that speaks very specifically about procurement uh, and does that, that statute still remain under DMRE at this moment? Yeah, it's uh, the statute, the, the overriding statute is the Electricity Regulation Act. And hence, uh, it's Section 34 of that Act. And if you look at 34.1 and 2, uh, it covers procurement and it covers uh, uh, implementation uh, thereof. Uh, but the President, it seems in his proclamation, has only allocated the determination uh, as per uh, the, the proclamation, but not... 34.2, uh, and it's made it clear that, uh, uh, I'm trying to get it, 
that uh, the proclamation will provide the Minister of Electricity with the powers necessary to direct the procurement of new generation uh, to ensure security of supply. But then, of course, he goes on to say that all other powers uh, will remain with the uh, uh, DMRE minister. And uh, yeah, so if you interpret that, it does not, as I say, it's still blurred whether it includes implementation and uh, yeah. meaning implementation of the determination. And, and, and we feel, or uh, I feel, not feel, but the interpretation is that that's, that still resides with the IPP office. And the IPP office from this uh, seemingly remains with the DMRE minister. Hence, yeah. we say that the uh, implementation of the procurement is done by the DMRE. This conversation is incredibly technical um, and and, and yes. uh, you know obviously it's easy to get lost in in, in the technicalities and so uh, I, I, I thank you for being patient with me as we comb through comb through some of uh, the, the the complexities here and I'd like for you to be a part of the conversation give me a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two and you can also send me a WhatsApp voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven zero six one four one zero four one zero seven so Vali, let's crystallize that in 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 practice tomorrow morning uh minister ramakopa is going to wake up he's going to go to the office and the only thing he can do is say hey it looks like uh we need a thousand megawatts of gas um sure Minister Mandashe, here is a notice. Please go and procure a thousand megawatts, a thousand megawatts of gas energy, gas generated power. Is that the extent of his job? No, no. Well, well, that would be an outcome of a process and uh, information that he would gather from consultations with the uh, ESCOM and other stakeholders and also looking at the existing IRP, which is way out of date, and I understand it's being, uh, it's being uh, reviewed, and it's being reviewed by the DMRE. Mm. And they say the DMRE minister seemingly still has jurisdiction of that. Yeah. But it, but it seems like the Minister of Electricity, through the energy mix and the, and the electricity sources that he could... Uh, identify powers, he will feed that information into the IRP. That's our understanding. But but to come up with a determination, he will base that on some significant work that will be done by his team uh, uh, and the marketplace, etc. So it won't be just a get up in the morning and, and I feel this needs to happen and it happens. No, it'll be... It'll be uh, uh, from experience, a thorough process, and uh, once, uh, and as I say, it, 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 uh, the determination must talk to, and and uh, fit into the IRP. Uh, okay, IRP. It does. As I say, that's out of date. I mean, how how complex, Vali, would that consultation process be that leads to the determination? It it, it doesn't strike me as something that would be. 
deeply convoluted and, and complex to the extent that it would take months and a, lo- a ton of resources. It just seems to me the minister has to determine what ESCOM's capacity is, project uh, its elect- energy avail- or electricity availability uh, rate, ratio, whatever it's called, um, and map that out over, I don't know, a year or two or three or four and say, look, we need interim uh, support uh, of such a capacity. Um, let's go. It just seems to me like a simple mathematic outcome. <laughs> no, no, Oliver, I think with due respect, it's not that simple. And, and, and let me try and uh, make the discussion uh, simple, but of course the, the input is not simple. Uh, and let me do so in the following way. Uh, and I made this in, a, in another media outlet uh, the other day. Uh, what's uh, what's missing in South Africa is the energy mix, the constituents of the energy mix. Now, just to recap, the energy mix uh, in terms of technologies could be uh, uh, what we call dispatchable technologies and non-dispatchable technologies. Oliver, what's that? Now, uh, not to confuse you. Non-dispatchable technologies are renewables, so it's okay. solar, wind, etc. And dispatchable technologies are like coal, gas, nuclear, hydro. And the difference is that uh, with dispatchable technologies, for example, coal and nuclear, when when you obtain electricity from them, you just press a button, and you're able to utilize the electricity. With Solar and wind, etc. You cannot do that. Uh, you cannot just press the button and uh, right, and it's available. And, and utilize. So that uh, so that's the difference. Now, what now in South Africa, we haven't government department hasn't pronounced on the percentages of that energy mix. In other words, we don't know. Albeit, you would say, okay, it, it is an IRP, but IRP is out of date. What is that difference in percentage? Yeah. Whether it's uh, X percentage for renewables and Y percentage for the others. Now, that's causing a lot of confusion in the marketplace. Bear in mind that we also, in parallel, are implementing a just energy transition because South Africa is committed to COP26, yeah. COP27, right? So, and of course, South Africa has an abundant supply of relevant dispatchable technologies like coal, gas to a certain extent, uh, and of course, hydro and all of that. And by not having that, that percentage, that energy mix firmed up, I mean, as we sit now, we don't know what's the, the, the split between renewables and, and, and the other technologies. So the new minister, he has an ideal opportunity, uh, given his new role, to firm up on, on that constituent, on that energy mix, percentage-wise, so that once and for all, we clear out all the confusion, the marketplace has certainty, and also... Uh, many of us are of the opinion that by having that that certainty, especially with dispatchable technologies, uh, even bringing on clean clean coal technologies yeah. and so on, 
we could rather get uh, critical megawatts electrons on the grid rather sooner than later. Because, uh, and I keep on saying this in the media all over, that you cannot solve this crisis by only and by flooding the grid with uh, renewables. Yeah. Because if you do that, you will collapse the grid. Okay. So, so you've got to have this balanced mix. And I, I, and I call it a prudent, balanced, fit for purpose, just yeah. energy transition. I want us to pause there because this is where the politics comes into play. Right? Or at least ideolog uh, ideologically, this is where the politics comes into play. The determination of the determination of what type of energy is to be procured will be made by the Minister of Electricity and not the Minister of Mineral Resources and uh, Energy. That is to say, how much wind, solar, gas, hydro, and coal energy we procure will be determined through consultative processes by the Minister of Electricity. It means that this question about how aggressive are we going to adopt nuclear, or sorry, how aggressive we're going to adopt renewable energies is no longer a question Gwede Mandashe has to answer. It's now a question that Konsiencho uh, Ramakopa has to answer. I mentioned their names deliberately and specifically here because to it I want to attach the ideological positioning that we've seen them take separately. Minister Gwede Mandashe, quite notoriously, is known as uh, renewable skeptical or at least renewably conservative while coal aggressive. Conchencha uh, Ramakopa is a lot more balanced as far as that is concerned. Um, d how important is that distinction now, given that it has been seen by industry um, and the world over that the conflict between Minister Gwede Mantashe and Minister uh, Praveen Godan around uh, the procurement of renewable energy has been a contentious thing, causing a lot of awkwardness, I would assume, in cabinet meetings and in interministerial committee meetings on this particular question. Um, and now that is to be determined by Conchienta Ramakopa, who seems to be a lot more open-minded to alternative means of electricity, such as renewable energy. And that $8.2 billion dollar uh, fund is still uh, something that, that, that we're trying to preserve, or at least that the Ramaphosa administration is trying to reserve, preserve, and Gwede Mantash is no longer in a position to make that, uh, put that in jeopardy. How important is that distinction now? Let me answer it uh, in the following manner, uh, Oliver. Uh, those three ministers uh, you mentioned uh, are uh, first and foremost politicians right and and they will obviously place a lot of emphasis on ideological imperatives and yeah. perspective albeit uh, uh, mr ramakopa is an engineer he's a civil engineer okay technical but uh, so let's not now let's not get uh, let's not debate this uh, uh, from an ideological perspective, because we don't have to. Because from a technical perspective, and being pragmatic and practical, and, uh, and from the description I've just given you on the energy mix, that's a pure technical perspective. Uh, it's a pragmatic approach and a, a practical approach. So 
uh, whether you have an uh, ideological preference or differences, it did not come into this debate. Yeah. Because, because uh, any pragmatic professional engineer, uh, etc., uh, will say to you that given the resources that South Africa has, etc., yeah. that the the um, uh, technology uh, mix should be agnostic. In other words, we don't have to uh, uh, what you call uh, 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 go into too much of detail in making that choice because we have the resources for dispatchable and uh, and non-dispatchable. And, and given that we have a crisis, it's what's best for the country in a crisis situation. Yeah. And so technically, uh, so it doesn't have to be ideological. We must have a mix of, and I'm a firm supporter of renewables, don't get me wrong, low carbon technologies. But we're saying that South Africa has an abundant supply of dispatchable resources. Bring it on board. Yeah. Because we are in a crisis situation. So the ideological debate that can sit with the politicians, and that's the prerogative. But technically, as technocrats, we are quite clear that we can strive to solve this crisis by making use of our own resources. Yeah. Give me a call, 86 I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of that, Patrick in Bethlehem, I'll be taking your call. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Are the powers that have now been bestowed upon the Minister of Electricity sufficient to empower and enable the Minister of Electricity uh, to lead us out of this energy crisis that we're in. Give us a call, 86 I'm in conversation with Vali Padiachi, former executive manager at ESCOM. Let's go to the lines. Patrick in Bethlehem. Patrick, good evening. Hey, brother Oliver, good evening, and good evening to your guest. Uh, good evening, good Patrick. Good evening yeah. to the wonderful SASM listeners. Mm. What's your comment or question this evening? Oliver, I've got a question, but before I get to my question, uh, your guest there, he has used the word not clear at least about 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. About 10 times. And uh, I am now lost. Like we say here in Bedlam, what what has been done between these two ministers? Let us know draw my fear my black. Yeah. Oliver, uh has got his philosophy. So is Mantash. I see a pigeon that has been thrown amongst hungry cats. And the bone of contention will be section thirty four. Yeah. Because I fail to understand, Oliver, uh, and with all due respect, Dr. Ramokopa is a civil engineer. He's not an electrical engineer. Dr. Kwetamantash, we all know that he's a very pragmatic man. He's very conservative. I already foresee additional problem added to our ESCOM instead of we concentrating on how we can bring about our energy mix 
And I agree with you, I guess, that we've got so much resources in our country that we can use and qualified men and women who should be brought and help to resolve the issue of ESCOM. But the problem that is coming here, and I want your guests to help me if I'm right or wrong, I see a pigeon being thrown between these two ministers, which is going to end up only dragging, bringing in the solutions to ESCOM. Because to me, this really doesn't make sense at all. Mm. And this is where Oliver would like to stop and ask your guests there to say, am I right or wrong here? Because really, this is absurd to me. That is very material, I don't understand. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Really, really do appreciate uh, that comment, Patrick. And I think you're aptly correct. Uh, that the lack of clarity on certain parts of where these powers interact across the different ministries uh, may become contentious in the future. Um, and, and, and I would imagine it, that it would become contentious, uh, Valley, in the process of procuring new electricity because that's where you say it's not clear what's quite happening That The IPP office is still in DMRE while the determination for it is made by uh, the Minister of Electricity, and it, there, the tendering, it says that the tendering process must be transparent, equitable, fair in pricing, and all of that, price competitive. Um, but it, will the Minister of uh, Electricity determine what price competitive looks like? Uh, will the Minister of Electricity uh, write up the tender brief, or will all of that still be within DMRE? Th- that clarity will only be solved once they actually have to do it. Um, but do you see uh, uh, intergovernmental dispute arising uh, at, at, at that contention? I don't believe there'll be a dispute <clears throat> in the tender per se, uh, because if you... Um, if, if, I'm making the assumption now, based on the blurredness of the proclamation, that the IPP office is still under DMRE. So the, IP, the IPP office... Um, I mean, there's nothing in the proclamation that says it's not, right? No, it's uh, because it says it excludes all the other powers. Yeah. And uh, so based on that, uh, the interpretation is that the IPP office still sits with DMRE. And the IPP office comes up uh, with the tenders. They come yeah. up with the tenders... They adjudicated. It's like, actually, it's a, it has to be an independent process. The the DMRE can't get involved with their policy, and uh, and although the um, although the IPP is opposed to them, but the IPP office runs a independent process. So to answer your question, uh, the pricing and all of that will come out to the tender, and uh, and the. Both the ministers won't get involved in that uh, determination uh, of pricing, etc. They will come in later on when the contracts uh, get signed. And of course, the main thing is to is to come up with the determinations. And uh, I think the uh, long and short of it, Oliver. Previously, we had one minister uh, accountable or responsible or custodian for the ERA. Now we have two ministers, albeit uh, it's not equal. Yeah. The DMRE minister, Mr. Mantash, 
still wield a lot of power in terms of the ERA. That being NERSA, that being NERSA, correct? Well, no, no, it includes NERSA, you know, interpretation and IPP. But uh, besides uh, Section 34.1, in essence, all the other sections in the ERA still falls under the, uh, mm. the Mr. Mantash. So yeah. that's why I say uh, he, he still wields a lot of power in terms of the ERA. Yeah. Uh, we, I want to ask you this, perhaps, and, and, and hopefully you can give me a short answer and we'll take a break and extend uh, uh, the conversation on that particular theme on the other side of that. There's nothing in the proclamation, as I read it, that currently empowers the Minister of Electricity as a political authority, oversight and governance authority over ESCOM as an institution in particular. Um th- that is still entirely Praveen Godan's powers, correct? Yeah, I think the president has made it very clear, even from the, I think from the sauna, but subsequent to that, that the uh, um, the ministerial rep or the shareholder rep from a ministry point of view still decides with the DPE. So Minister Godan still retains that, uh, uh, that mandate. Uh, so uh, I think that's quite clear. I think the president has made that uh, that very clear. Yeah. Is that a wise move, or would you have liked to have seen the Minister of Electricity having some attachment to ESCOM? No, just be careful. They, even in, in terms of the proclamation, um, the... Uh, the president has even said it. Yeah. That the Minister of Electricity will work full time with the ESCOM board and management to end load shedding and ensure that the energy action plan announced by the president is implemented. So he still had a critical role to play. And also we must bear in mind, uh, Oliver, that the Minister of Electricity role is is interpreted to be a temporary role. In other words, uh, when when the president announced the, the SONA speech, I think it was, and thereafter, that the Minister of Electricity has a particular role to play. He has to execute the, the, the crisis plan and stop load shedding. So if you extrapolate that argument or that it follows that at some point it will be dissolved and those powers will well hopefully go back. well once the load shedding stops and we don't we no longer have a crisis then that position uh, will cease to exist that's yes. the logical interpretation uh, of that role yeah. Okay, yeah yeah give us a call 86 we're going to take a quick break and take some of your other questions and comments on the other side of this SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Um, le- le- let us try and simplify it for, for, the, for us, the citizens on the ground. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and then I hear all these uh, difficult policies that you are busy reading there. My question is, um, how effective 
uh, are those powers that are being transferred to the uh, um, the, the the electricity minister? Uh, does it mean that we're going to see some immediate changes? And then, if yes, is there a time frame as to when are we going to start seeing changes? I, I believe my, my question makes sense there. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Very important well, question. Thank you for that. Oliver and your guest there. The question we'd like to direct at him is, what does he think could have been the president's valid reasons for not making Ms. Taramokopas responsibilities and duties patently clear immediately when he appointed him to the position of being a minister, minister running the new ministry, that is the Minister yeah. of Electricity, Housing. Vali, do you want to respond to those two? Uh, I'm not clear on the third one. Can, 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 can the gentleman just repeat the third question that I'm just looking yeah. at? What, the what, last question? What was the reason that the president didn't make it patently clear from the start what the powers of the Minister of Electricity are and would have been? Um, which goes back to our first question of the conversation. Why did it take so long? Are these powers sufficient or was it merely cosmetic? Um, okay, uh, let me get back to that. Uh, let me get to the, uh, to the other question from the, uh, from the other gentleman. How effective is the, uh, the powers that have been given to the uh, electricity minister? Uh, I think it will be quite effective. I think uh, uh, given the, uh, the role of the minister, uh, as was enunciated by the president, uh, just to repeat in Sona, etc., is to stop load shedding and uh, and uh, uh, and to execute on the crisis plan. And as I alluded to earlier on in the discussion, one of the requirements is to get tons of electrons onto the grid. So, in terms of the power power that he's got, uh, uh, section thirty four one is new generation. So, so he has the opportunity, as I indicated, to issue determinations. For example, gas, solar potential, and uh, uh, other renewables. Yeah. Uh, and it depends on how fast he does that. That's one. And then, uh, secondly, I alluded to the energy mix. He has that opportunity now to uh, uh, very carefully and very quickly predefine those electricity sources, those technologies, and, and come up with a uh, um, energy mix. Yeah, so if he does that effectively, and being an engineer, I think he has that capability yeah. and uh, to, to do that. So that's, yeah. Did we at all need a different political authority to, to be able to do that? No, no. Uh, no, we'll just, be, we'll just be careful that we're going to do all of this uh, under the auspices or under the mandate of the ERA. Yeah. Okay. And and the ERA also governs what NASA does, of course, what the IPP yeah. office does, etc. So, and and the powers that have been given to Mr. Ramakopa is per the ERA. So, yeah. so that's where the political mandate comes yeah. from, uh, Oliver. Yeah. Nathan, in Durban, we've got very little time. Hopefully you can get your question in there quite succinctly and pithy. Nathan, good evening. Good evening to you. Go um, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, going back to this Andre the Writer's uh, allegations. Yeah. Um, and political interference. So, who are those people? Gwede Mantash, Praveen, Cyril, Cyril's brother-in-law. So, Sorry, Nathan, I'm not quite sure what the question is there. What is the question there? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying um, in terms of the issues around ESCOM. Yeah. The political interference. Okay. Right. So Andre Reiter couldn't do his job because of political interference. Yeah. So... Who were those people? Those people were never mentioned. I'm just speculating. Okay, but 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 what is the question? Is or is it? Are you just raising a comment and saying, "Hey, this is my speculation about something unrelated"? No, but. Oh, Nathan, your your line is cutting terribly there. It doesn't seem like uh, we can make out what you're saying over there. But thanks a lot for your call. I appreciate it, Nathan. We, we're going to have to leave it there. And just a final question uh, um, uh, that, I, that I think is important to address, Vali. Um, is this sufficient powers, or should the president have bestowed certain other powers pertaining to th- 34, 1, and 2 uh, to the Minister of Electricity? Or is this good enough? Let me answer it this way, uh, Oliver. You know, the when the president devolves powers, uh, he has his own reasons for doing so. And, of course, uh, in uh, devolving the powers to the Minister of Electricity, it was not easy because of the complications by having a current DMRE minister and a DPE minister. So, so in finally coming up with the pronouncement of the powers, uh, I'm sure the president has has his reasons for giving him the powers that uh, yeah. that that is given. Albeit, I would say, and I alluded to this, we need more clarity on exactly what the pronouncement uh, means, mm. so that we understand exactly. Uh, the roles and responsibility uh, of Mr. Makopa. But as to why he had given him those powers only and not extra other powers, I think uh, the president has that prerogative. And, uh, and I guess uh, 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 if, if he needs to change it, uh, he still has that prerogative. Yeah. But, 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 I, but where I take comfort, uh, uh, Oliver, is that uh, that uh, the ERA still governs what both these ministers do. Albeit, yeah. you've got two ministers, but but they're both governed by the ERA. So at least there's some uh, checks and balances there. Yeah.
Vali, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, that is Vali Badiachi, former executive manager at ESCOM. What are your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear from you. 86 0 2032 Taking your WhatsApp voice notes. By the way, it's the open line on the other side of that, so give me that call. I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614 I'd love to hear from you on the other side of this. What is on your mind? You get to set the agenda and you get to determine what the conversations are that you think should be of national interest. It's a minute after 11 o'clock. Uh, Mudupi has your news.